You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Just a quick trigger warning before we jump into this episode. I mentioned eating disorders and other mental health conditions throughout this episode. If you need help for yourself or someone you know regarding eating disorders or other conditions, please contact the EDV Hub, which is a free and confidential service available Monday to Friday, 9.30am to 4.30pm on 1300 550 236. Hello everyone! In today's episode, I'll be taking you through the complicated relationship between social media and body image. I had actually completed a whole other episode, but I saw a recent post while I was scrolling on social media and it got me feeling pretty angry, if I'm honest. I was quite fired up. I sat down and I began writing notes straight away on this topic, so I thought I should release this one first. And you might be asking, why were you fired up? I guess... I kind of forgot how fabricated things can be online. And I know that that might sound silly, but I have changed my social media experience to kind of benefit my body image and my mental health. And I almost forgot about all the other experiences and all those other people that kind of fabricate their lives in that way. You know, you might generally think of Photoshop and you automatically think of the Kardashians and you're kind of like, yep, we know that a lot of the things that they do uh, maybe aren't as real as they make it out to be. You know, they have a lot of surgery. Their life in general is quite highly edited. If you don't know Khloe Kardashian, she has had a lot of trouble, I guess, with photo and video editing and people calling her out for that in the past. So that's kind of something you think. You go, yep, the Kardashians, we kind of know it. But when it happens with an influencer, especially with those who preach health and fitness and well-being, it's kind of like a big slap in the face. I was a young, impressionable girl once. I, of course, still am in some ways. And social media caused me to eat 12 bananas a day and drink skinny me tea because someone I looked up to told me to. Now, you could say the effects and the, the, I guess, products and the brands and things like that, that has all kind of lessened over the years. And it's definitely become more of a transparent environment when we're talking about social media, but it definitely hasn't stopped It's just done more subtly. We're using photo editing and video editing and people are getting surgery that isn't disclosed to create this body shape or ideal figure that just doesn't exist or isn't attainable for people if they just eat well, drink smoothies and go to gym. So today I want to talk about how social media impacts body image and I want to take this opportunity to encourage everyone no matter what age to reconsider who they follow what they view on a daily basis and how much time they spend on social media. So first things first what do I mean when I'm talking about body image or what is body image? Body image is the perception that you have of your physical self as well as the thoughts and emotions that result from this perception. 
So there are four important factors to body image, or I guess four different types. So the first one is perceptual body image, which is how you perceive your body. And it's not always a correct representation of how you actually look. The second is affective body image, and this is how you feel about your body. This could be happiness. For some people, it might be disgust. It's about the satisfaction or dissatisfaction you feel about your shape, your weight, and different body parts. The third is cognitive body image, which is how you think about your body. And the last, the fourth one is behavioral body image. And this is how you behave as a result of your body image. So for example, if you're dissatisfied with your body image, you may isolate or employ unhealthy behaviors to change your appearance. For example, maybe you develop an eating disorder or you excessively exercise. So of course, when I talk about body image, this can be either positive or negative. It can change from day to day. It can fluctuate. It's definitely a very individual thing, but basically it is how we feel about our physical self. These days, there is so much pressure to appear perfect online. According to an Insights in Body Esteem survey conducted by the Butterfly Foundation, 19 to 30-year-old respondents revealed 58% compare themselves on social media and 50% wish they looked like the other people that they see on social media, which is just so upsetting to me. 50% of people wish they looked like someone other than themselves. The survey also revealed that between the years of 2017 and 2019, the number of people who felt dissatisfied with their appearance increased. So you could say that this issue is not going away or getting any better. So what does it mean to have body dissatisfaction or be dissatisfied with your body? Having body dissatisfaction is having persistent negative thoughts and feelings about your body. Uh, There is an internal, emotional, and cognitive process that can be influenced by external factors, for example, needing to meet a certain appearance ideal. Body dissatisfaction can drive people to engage in unhealthy weight control behaviors, particularly disordered eating. They might be at a heightened risk of developing an eating disorder. If you have body dissatisfaction, you might find that you have consistent negative self-talk. You may value appearance as an essential to self-worth, meaning I guess people might have the idea that you can't be successful or loved if you don't look a certain way. You might find yourself thinking or talking a lot about thinness, muscles, physique, can also cause people to have body avoidance, which is when anxiety is caused by certain social situations, uh, such as swimming or, you know, places where you can be seen or particular situations where you can be seen on a level that's uncomfortable for you. Now, when people feel dissatisfied with themselves in this day and age, It's easy to have our psychological needs met by, you know, logging on to one of our social media apps and posting something. It can make us feel loved and feel validated really, really quickly, but it can also make us feel horrible or inadequate. 
When I was younger, body dissatisfaction from the media generally came from magazines and advertising. The Shameless podcast actually posted a thread of some of these magazines from Dolly and things like that uh, with some of the covers showing statements such as, are you hungry or just sad or fun ways to burn fat fast. So this was kind of the way that the media pushed ideal body types, they body shamed, and they increased negative body image among young people. In this day and age, we are generally talking now about Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and apps like that. And these apps allow us to see new, exciting content every single second if we want to. It is never-ending. And we are so addicted because, like I spoke about in the last episode, where, you know, physical activity hits us with dopamine, so does getting likes and follows on social media. It's actually an addiction without any real satisfaction. Now in this episode, I am predominantly focusing on Instagram. Facebook and TikTok are also similar and are also not great, but Instagram, I guess, is the only one that is only used for photos. Facebook definitely isn't as popular these days and TikTok has a lot more of a kind of creative element to it. It still has all the filters and stuff, so I'm definitely still taking that into account, but I guess Instagram is probably the biggest catalyst in this instance. So on these apps, we are seeing more filters than ever for our faces, for our bodies, in our videos. There is also this drive to have the ideal body type. Now, back in the 90s for women in particular, this was to be really, really, really thin. For women and girls now, you see, you know, big round butts, perky boobs, skinny legs, a small nose, but big lips, bright white eyes, perfect white teeth, a very cut jawline, a thin, flat stomach. And that's only a couple things that I'm naming right now. And if you listen to that and go, wow, how does anyone look like that? It's because this generally cannot really be achieved in real life. And for men, I guess the ideal body type is kind of that AFL look, that fit and chiseled and has a tan. If you live in Australia, you'll know who Bailey Smith is. I guess that is probably more uh, what men, boys, males are pressured into looking like or, or are told that that's what's really attractive. Although when you look at these filters and things that are made for these apps, they aren't created for men. They are made for women to look more feminine, to draw our noses in, to make our lips bigger. It is much more of an issue for women, girls, females in general. Now we know on social media that people generally like to put up their highlight reel and they not only edit their appearance, but also their life. At the end of the day, a lot of people are lying for attention, for the likes, for the followers, for the comments. People will also often post the most attractive photos of themselves and delete the less attractive ones or hide the photos that maybe they're tagged in. And we're aware of this, but just because we are aware of this information doesn't mean that we're not affected by the images and the content that we expose ourselves to. When you see these images or videos of others, particularly influencers or celebrities, there is a natural reaction to compare your situation or the way that you look. Now, of course, I live in Melbourne. So throughout my entire COVID lockdown, the longest in the world, 
I'm seeing photos of people on a beach in Bora Bora and I'm thinking, oh my God, that would be amazing. And maybe I think this isn't having a massive effect on me. But when you put your phone down, it makes your situation less than the other person. I guess you want more. You might become dissatisfied with your life and with your situation without even realizing it. And when you can't live up to the expectations physically, you can also begin to become dissatisfied. And that's because you genuinely cannot live up to a lot of the filters that we find ourselves viewing or using in this day and age. Now, again, I feel like I keep saying kind of back in my day, but when I was young, I had the first iPhone. I had the iPhone 3G or the 3GS, whatever it was called. So I guess if you're between the ages of 23 and 30 now, you'll remember that. You'll remember getting probably an iPhone when you were young and it was so different to the other ones that we had and everyone had Facebook and you could get the internet straight away and you could do so many other things on your phone. But on Instagram and on those apps that were just beginning, You could only really put a Valencia filter on your photos back then. And editing and Photoshop was way less common on social media. Most people actually didn't even realize that Instagram was a social media app. Everyone just thought it was for photo editing and using those kind of normal filters. So back then, the filters literally would just put a different color. Maybe you could saturate it. Things that you can still do now. But these days... Everyday filters are absolutely crazy. They can change your entire face. You can look like you're wearing a full face of makeup. You can cinch your waist. You can make your body look different. And this might not seem like such a big deal to some people. Maybe it is just a bit of fun and that's fine. But I think that we definitely underestimate the impact that that might have on, you know, those kids in that 13 to 16 age range now because I can't imagine growing up with those filters that we've got now. When I was going through puberty and when all of that was happening, it can be so damaging, which I will explain a bit more in a minute. But I guess something Instagram did really, really well was making sure that they kind of named the filters when people use them. I think that is a really, really great thing. You can see what filter the person has used in the top of either their story or now when they post, you can see that as well. However, video editing software, Photoshop and enhancing your photos in general still happens and can still be really harmful. So how does it affect us just generally looking at other people's photos and videos and lives, as well as looking at people who have filtered their body or are dishonest about the way that they look or the things that they're doing in their life? Now, more research definitely needs to be done. Of course, social media apps are still quite new and therefore we probably need more time to get conclusive evidence about the actual correlation between social media and mental health and things like that. But recent studies actually showed a strong link between heavy social media use and an increased risk of depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. It can also promote negative experiences such as feeling inadequate about life or about appearance, and it promotes comparison, which can raise doubts about self-worth. We're halfway through the episode, and that means that it's time for a brain break. I've actually got a new brain break for you today. This one is all about being kind to yourself. Take 30 seconds now to say five nice things to yourself. You might say something like, 
I love myself for who I am. I believe in myself. I accept myself. This practice has been shown to boost self-esteem, awareness, and motivation. Give it a go now. Social media use can also seriously affect your psychological and physical well-being. There is something called body dysmorphic disorder, which is when thinking patterns become hijacked and we can begin to notice exaggerated or imagined flaws in our physical appearance. People with body dysmorphic disorder may constantly be checking for flaws, finding it hard to, you know, shut out negative thoughts about their bodies. And this is more than just being worried about a few things on your body. People with BDD excessively use mirrors to check their appearance and often participate in over-exercising or under-eating to cope with stress that they feel about their physical image. Now, once again, this is so individual and can change day to day as well, but it can lead to reduced self-esteem, feelings of anxiety and depression, and have a really negative impact on social relationships too. In more extreme cases as well, people can experience social phobia, withdrawal, or self-harm. Some other really serious mental illnesses that can occur from having body dissatisfaction and having negative body image are anorexia nervosa and bulimia. Now, this is when people develop kind of disordered or unhealthy eating behaviors in order to reach an ideal body shape or weight. Anorexia nervosa involves restricting foods and often over-exercising. Bulimia involves binging food and then purging, which is often through throwing up or vomiting. Uh, eating disorders can lead people to isolate themselves from friends and family, leading to more time spent on social media and falling into a deeper cycle of negative comparison, guilt, and that low self-worth. Now, I will do a further episode outlining eating disorders later on uh, and go into a lot more detail about these, but this is definitely something that can develop or become heightened as a result of people feeling negative about their body. And it is a real issue for all genders. However, according to Eating Disorders Victoria, women are more likely to experience all types of eating disorders than men. Uh, And those who are transgender, or are on the trans feminine, trans masculine spectrum are also more likely than their cisgender peers to develop an eating disorder. And in Australia at any given time, there are approximately 1 million or 4% of people living with an eating disorder. Now, if you're listening to this and you think maybe this is you, maybe this is someone that you care about, maybe you've found yourself really comparing yourself on social media and having these thoughts, please talk to a friend, a family member, or contact your local GP. Or of course, if you'd like to talk to someone confidentially or anonymously, please refer back to the number at the start of this episode. So now I'm going to talk about the healthy eating and exercise movement that we find 
on social media so much these days. And it is, of course, another key factor to that relationship between social media and body image. Now, we've seen this become a massive trend over the years, that healthy eating, exercise, and just that health and wellness in general. And it can be great. It can be really inspiring. It can be very motivating and it can have a really positive effect. And there are some people that are doing it really, really well. Although, as I have said 10 times in this episode already, it can also be really harmful. And this is because of that need for people to filter everything they do or the way that they look. Now, in terms of influencers, this can be really, really problematic, especially when that influencer is someone who makes money from promoting an active and healthy lifestyle. Now, this is problematic because a lot of these influencers or celebrities or people with a large following might be posting about, you know, lifestyle, fitness, being healthy, loving your body, but then they are going ahead and they're editing their photos, they're editing their videos, they're changing what they actually look like and they're not disclosing when they have actually changed their image, their body, their face, whatever it is, which is super super dishonest and it can be really, really harmful. And that is because there are young people who will view this content, look at this person and think, wow, that is what I want to be like. All the while not knowing that they edit their photos, edit their videos and fabricate what they actually look like in order to gain more followers, likes, and attention without ever taking into account the impact that this may have on the young people who they are influencing. These people may then look at their own bodies and view themselves as less attractive or needing to get fitter, eat healthier, be skinnier, once again, not knowing that it is genuinely not attainable, not for that influencer and not for them either. Now, this, of course, as mentioned previously, can lead to body dissatisfaction, dangerous eating behaviors, and even eating disorders. And this can affect every single aspect of body image that we touched on at the start of this episode. You should be so careful about how you use social media, who you follow and engage with in order to build and maintain a positive relationship with your body. It's really important to make sure that the people that you follow make you feel good. You're not looking at their content and feeling bad about yourself. It's important to recognize that. And I guess I would encourage you to unfollow the people who are being dishonest in that way, who are editing their photos, who are, you know, putting out this ideal type of body or promoting that health. And then I guess being quite hypocritical in the way that they are editing themselves and not being truthful about the way that they look. And of course, this happens quite a lot. It's important for your mental health, for your body image, that you try and steer clear of not only following these people, but using filters and editing your photos in this way as well. It's actually really interesting. I'm just going to put a little fact in here that Norway have actually recently passed a law that states that content creators must disclose when they have retouched or filtered a photo. This was really, really interesting to me when I first saw it. I think it's an absolute step in the right direction because as I said, that kind of dishonesty and as I've explained, that relationship with your own body and the way that you view yourself can be so skewed depending on what you are looking at and what 
what you're engaging in. So if I can promote anything in this episode, it's that to go through the list of people that you follow and identify whether or not their content makes you feel good or bad about yourself. And that's great because this kind of ties about what I'm talking about next, which is social media and breeding bad behavior. So of course, you cannot just blame influencers for the way that you view your body or your body image or the way that you feel on any particular day. We as consumers or people that are, you know, followers, or even if we've got an account to begin with, we must take responsibility for the way that we use and engage with these social media apps. So here's a few things that are quite common and are determined to be bad behaviors on social media. So the first one is narcissism. Now, if you don't know what narcissism is, it is an extreme self-involvement that makes a person ignore the needs of others around them. So social media actually kind of breeds narcissism and narcissistic behavior. And that's not to say that everyone who uses it is narcissistic. But if you find yourself fixated on getting the perfect selfie to the point where you get upset, you get hurt, you get angry if you don't like the way you look or like the way someone's taking a photo of you, it might be the time to take a step back and really, really rethink the way that you're using these apps. Because narcissistic behavior can have a huge impact on not only how you view yourself and your body image, it can have a really negative impact on your relationships too. The second one is lies. So we know that people blatantly lie about their life, about their appearance. People will even make fake accounts and things like that. I'm not going to touch on this one too much as we pretty much just talked about the negative impact that that can have on our body image. And the third is bullying. So according to a 2018 survey from Reach Out Australia, more than a third of young people are bullied online and cyberbullying has doubled for those between the ages of 14 to 16 in the last 12 months, which is huge. If Instagram is an app for images and, you know, images of yourself, your life, what do you think people are generally going to bully others for? their appearance, or they're going to partake in body shaming. Now, this is a huge problem, not only in Australia, but all over the world. And that's because that kind of anonymous part of social media allows people to become trolls and only have accounts to bully others. This can be for many reasons. It can be for weight. It can be for skin color, disability, acne, other skin conditions. The list goes on. And according to the National Eating Disorder Association, 65% of people who completed a recent survey said that bullying contributed to them developing an eating disorder, which that is really, really upsetting, isn't it? We talked about before that at any given time, 1 million people in Australia will have an eating disorder. Now, if you're on social media and you see bullying, I would really, really encourage you to fight back at it. And I know a lot of people do that anyway. And fight back at it doesn't mean type them a comment that's mean or something like that. It means to report the hurtful comments, flag any inappropriate content, talk to someone about it. If someone from your school is bullying you online, uh, make sure you get your teachers involved. Make sure you tell someone either at the school 
or you tell your parents. It's really important that if you are a bit younger and that's happening to you, tell an adult, tell someone that can actually help you. If you are someone who sends hateful messages to others, you could be of any age. Stop doing that. (laughs) You don't know the effect that it might have on someone at the end of the day. And here's me with another cliche quote, but it genuinely costs zero dollars to be a nice person. So now we're going to move on and talk about how to improve your body image. This has been quite a heavy sort of negative episode. So I want to talk about some solutions because of course that is so important. So the first one might be obvious, but it's to limit your time on social media or at the very least be mindful of who you follow and how it makes you feel when you engage with their content. So some people can be so inspiring of course, but making sure that you unfollow and unfriend people who trigger those negative thoughts or feelings. The second is to focus on your positive qualities, skills, and talents. These just remind you to accept and appreciate your whole self. The third is to say at least five positive things to yourself every day. I want you to get up, I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to do it. Uh, But it's just the point of that is to avoid that negative self-talk and to kind of catch yourself when you're doing it. And I know it sounds a little bit funny to stand in the mirror and talk to yourself like that, but it is really beneficial just to say a couple nice things, at least five nice things to yourself in the morning whenever you can. Number four is focus on appreciating and respecting what your body can do. So this helps you feel more positive about it. There's a really good account on Instagram. Her name is M. Carey, and she uh, has a quote that is, if you can, you must. And that's really great. Would encourage you to go and follow someone like that on Instagram. Also, the Move for Lex page is really great to follow as well. Number five is set positive health-focused goals rather than weight-related ones. So I talked a lot about this in my physical activity and mental health episode, which is my last one. So go check that out if you want a bit more information, but that's really important. You want to make sure the focus isn't on those external factors. You want to find that internal motivation, and you can do that by creating those health-focused goals. And number six is to avoid comparison. That's just about remembering that everyone is unique. And if it helps, of course, take a break from social media. And when I say if it helps, it will help. So if you need it, turn your phone off. I know we have this thing that we have to be connected at all times. I feel it as well, but you don't. You can take a break, go off the grid for a little bit, even if it's just for a day, uh, it will help you. Remembering if you feel that you or someone in your life might be experiencing bad body image or dangerous behaviors regarding eating and exercising, please contact a professional or talk to someone close to you. This could be your local GP or another healthcare provider. Lifeline is also a great service. Their number is 131114. Or as I said at the start of this episode as well, the EDV Hub, which is the Eating Disorders Victoria Hub, uh, is a free and confidential service. And their phone number is 1300 550 236. 
And of course, I want to put in here as well that social media isn't all bad. We've just gone through the pandemic, especially if you're in Australia or particularly Melbourne. Social media has been the thing that's kept us connected, allowed us to, you know, make jokes and and have light on this situation that we were just in. You know, all that technology allowed us to continue to be educated. So there are definitely positives. And even, you know, those accounts that I talked about previously, there are a lot of other accounts as well. In fact, some studies recently found that body positive content can actually boost satisfaction with your own body. So there is kind of both ends of the spectrum here. I think when people feel represented, they feel more confident, they appreciate their body and what they look like more. So I guess that's a massive thing as well, making sure that everyone is represented. This of course comes down to brands and businesses being progressive in that way and just making sure that you follow people for you and you follow people that are going to benefit you, benefit your mental health and benefit your body image. That is all from me today on the topic of social media and body image. I hope you learned something and feel more informed about the influence that social media can have on body image. And I hope everyone takes the time to consider who they follow and why they follow particular people, businesses and brands. Look after yourself, stay safe, and I will be back in your ears very soon. See you later.